Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board gaming. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 15. Fire! Fire! Hi folks, welcome back. I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into this episode. Today I'm talking about travel games, first of, first off. What I mean by that is games that you could take with you when you're traveling. More specifically, games you could play on an airplane tray table. Maybe. I'm also going to resolve our contest. And finally, I'm going to talk about Feudio, which I believe stands for Fire. And it was a game, it's a game published by Edition L. Koenig and recently republished by Mayfair Games as a Blaze. I think it was republished last year or the year before. Anyway, so let's go ahead and jump in. So I was listening to another gaming podcast a few days ago, and someone wrote in asking for a recommendation of games you could play solitaire in an airplane. The show's not really about solitaire gaming. The only recommendations they came up with were Friday by Friedman Freeze and the Lord of the Rings Living Card Game. I decided to do this show to give people other ideas. Before I mention the games, you know, th- you do want to keep in mind a tray table is really small and you're going to have issues. You're not going to have a lot of space to put counters on the side and that's what they even need to. You're going to want to be careful with turbulence. If you play a game with a lot of counters in it and you start getting turbulence, these things are going to fly all over the floor on your neighbor's lap and you're going to find it hard to retrieve all your pieces. Chances are you won't get them all back, especially if they fall on the floor or into a seat somewhere. So I think what you'd be looking for are either cheap games you don't care a lot about, games with few components, or games where you could keep the components well controlled and don't have to worry about them easily getting scattered. If you if you have a game with dice, you could roll the dice in the lid of the box so you don't have to worry about them the dice falling off the tray table. Or maybe you could get um you could put the dice in some, or maybe you could put the dice in some sort of container. For example, if you go to one of those machines that you, you put in a 50 cents and you spin the dial and you get a toy out of it, those toys usually come in a little bubble. You can put your dice in there and shake it around and lay it flat on the table and you'll be able to roll that way without having to worry about your dice getting, your dice getting lost. So anyway, so let's go ahead and go through the list. I came up with a list of about 20 games, 21. I'm just going to go ahead and go through them and no particular order other than just whatever order I wrote them in. And I'm just going to go ahead and shoot through this. First off is Friday by Friedman Freeze. It is really small. It definitely would play well on an airplane. Up until the point where you have to fight the pirates. Because at that point you got like some, you might end up with something like 20 cards in front of you and you want to have them all scattered out so you could see them. And it get a little tight. I mean, you could do it and you could sort of stack them or hold them in your hand. But other than that, the game should work pretty well. And as long as you're not winning and getting to the end, it won't be a problem. Next up is Onirum. As you probably know, I like that game a lot. It would, When I play it, it ends up taking a little bit of space horizontally. But you could avoid that by stacking the cards that you're playing out to make your, your sets. That should easily fit on a tray table when you play. The third, My third recommendation is Equilibrion. I guess the sequel to Anirum, at least it's by the same designer, it's not out yet. should be out soon, so I don't actually know that it would work. I've glanced through the rules, and it looks like it should work fine. So you want to check that one out before you try it, but as I said, I think it'll work. My fourth suggestion isn't 
a specific suggestion so much as an idea. It's a State of Siege games by Victory Point Games. Some of the games are a bit large and wouldn't really fit well on a tray table. But I think at least two of them should. The smaller ones. The first one, there's at least two games I think should work. The first one, the first State of Siege game is really is the Independence. I understand it's pretty simple and straightforward and I think that would fit on a tray table. A Blood Red Banner of the Alamo. And that should work fine. Next up would be game books such as the Fighting Fantasy games or the Middle Earth Quest game books. All those are really compact since it's just a book. Uh, maybe a sheet of paper where you write your character statistics and possibly a, a die. So that easily fits in a table and that those could last for a while. And you could easily carry two or three so if you get bored of one you could switch over to another one. Next up is Row Through the Ages. This one works really well because you have a, a pegboard in which to keep track of uh, all your all the things you have and a sheet of paper in which you write the um, you keep track of your score and the things you've bought beside that you have the wooden dice tool so it's really compact and you don't have to worry very much about things getting lost next up is Bali this is an older game and it's a, it's a word game and I played it a couple times solitaire and it really plays a lot like um, patience where you're you're laying cards in stacks moving cards around. The difference here you're trying to make words. My next recommendation and by the way I've got company now there's a cat I don't know if you're gonna hear her purring or not. She's walking back and forth on the table. But anyway my next recommendation would be Pocket Sieve. I think the game was actually originally designed to be able to play on an airplane tray table. You could either play the basic version which is on a piece you'd write everything on a piece of paper and you draw and you change things around as you have to uh, change the landscape or move your or as you move your uh, civilization around or you could actually have hex tiles that you cut out you, you print out and cut out but those those wouldn't fit in the tray table but they're really neat um, the other component you have is a deck of cards which I think was something like 18 cards it wasn't very much so the game is very portable and it's a really good game, actually. I haven't played in a long time, but it's a really good game. Another idea are Think Fun Puzzles. I talked about those before. Those work pretty well because a lot of those are very compact and store well, and all the pieces are contained when you're playing. As a matter of fact, I did take Rush Hour on a flight with the three expansions and spent a few hours playing that game. had a lot of fun with that. The next one is Chrononauts. I actually haven't played that in a long time, and I'm not sure if it'll fit in the tray table or not. It'll be close either way. But that game actually does bring a solitaire variant that you could play. It doesn't use all the cards in the variant. But what it does have is the whole timeline spread out on the table, which is what might get crowded. See, after Chrononauts is Don Quixote, published by Pegasus Beyond. And that's, and that's a puzzle game where you basically have a board with spaces for tiles, and then you're drawing tiles to figure out where to place them. Once you finish filling the board with all the tiles, you then score it. No, you score while you're playing too. It's a puzzle, it's a multiplayer puzzle game, and everybody that plays is basically placing the same tiles. So the idea is to see who places the same set of tiles the most efficiently. All you need is a board, which is probably like 5 by 8 and I think something about 20 tiles, so it would easily fit in a tray table. Next up is Familia, designed by uh, designed by Friedman Fries and published, I believe, by Rio Grande in the U.S. 
Friedman Freeze did release Solitaire Rules last year, which worked pretty well. The game might be a bit tight on the trade table, but it should work if you don't mind second the cards a little bit closer. Another suggestion is Free Trader, which is a print-and-play game where you're going around space, going from planet to planet, buying and selling resources. It's a really neat little game. It should fit in a trade table, though. You might end up finding that you can't place cards where you want to as you're playing the game. And they'd be okay. It would just end up probably making it a little more challenging. My next recommendation would be The Isle of Dr. Necro, published by AEG. The game... I find that game works better solitaire than multiplayer. And you should have enough space in the table, on your tray table. What I like about this game is that uh, each time you play, you have different sets of abilities. And... As you play, it sort of does feel like you're going through the island. It feels like a, an adventure, a decent little story. I've played multiplayer a few different times, and I haven't had luck with that for whatever reason. For me, that didn't work. Anyway, my next recommendation will be Set, which I think was published by Set Games, maybe. It's a um, card game where you're trying to find patterns of cards and pulling out three cards that all have the same... I don't think I could do a good job of describing the game, so I'll just leave it at that. But that should definitely fit in a trade table, and that'll work well. My next recommendation is, well, it's a little bit experimental right now. But if you're interested in trying some role-playing games, the on Solo Nexus's uh, blog the other day, there was a s idea of playing a RPG solo using Rory Story Cubes. You basically use them to help move the action along and kind of figure out what the DM might do and use that with any, any role-playing game you like. What Rory Story Cubes are is basically a set of nine dice with images on each side and all the images are different. So you'd roll the die to get an idea what sort of scene you'd have and from that you just make up your story and go along and play through it. It's really compact as all you need for that is the nine dice, the paper and pencils, dice for your role-playing game and maybe a, a source book for the role-playing game. If you're really familiar with the game, then you wouldn't even need that. My next recommendation is the Catan dice game. It doesn't seem to get a lot of love, but that works pretty well. I used to play it a lot when my kids were a lot smaller, and I'd have to sit down at the table for a while where they ate off their tray table. My next recommendation is Volcano, which is an ice house game, so you need a set of ice house pieces for it. You can now get the pieces that come in a little cloth pyramid so they, they, tr they would travel well and have nice storage and besides that all you need is the volcano board which is a 5x5 grid and you could use paper or you could use paper or you could buy a plastic or wooden board I think you could find those online I haven't played it solitaire but the time I played it multiplayer was a really really interesting game the next rem recommendation is A Fistful of Penguins published by Watsopoe Games just came out around the holidays it's a very fast game solitaire. I think each game takes just a couple minutes, maybe as much as five minutes. So you can play it a few times, put it away, and come back to it later. And it takes very, very little space. The box is probably something like three by five, three inches by five inches. My next recommendation is Ingenious, designed by Reinhard Knizia. And there's actually a travel edition of that game, which is published by Fantasy Flight in the U.S. and is designed for two players. But there are solitaire rules for Ingenious, and you could use them. I've played that quite a few times, Solitaire. The pieces are plastic and they fit onto a plastic board so that they don't slide around. Slots like a, there's slots on the board or something. 
and the scoring track uses little pegs, sort of like a cribbage style board. So it's all very compact, and you don't have to worry much about that game getting messed up in turbulence or not too much, because you could also keep it in the bo in the box. The next game is Island of D. It's another print and play game. It's a few years old and I haven't played it in a while. But it's basically a dungeon crawl game just using a deck of cards and some dice. And my last suggestion would be to try how to host a dungeon, which isn't so much a game as an activity in which you're basically creating a dungeon by drawing it and rolling up random events that affect what happens. That would work pretty well and would take a few hours. It might get crowded. I think that depends on how much... Well, that depends on how big the paper you're using are. You're going to have to also have a couple pencils or pens handy to, while you're working on it. But it should definitely fit on the tray table. Anyway, that's it. So there's my list of uh, game ideas. I think I had 21 or maybe even 20, as many as 22 suggestions. Some work better than others. But I do think all these should work to some extent in a, in a plane. If you're flying first class, it'd probably work even better because those tray tables are a lot bigger. It's now time to go ahead and resolve our contest entry. If you recall, if you recall last time I, I announced a contest to win Equilibrion. All you had to do was uh, send an email with just about anything in it, and you're entered in the contest. Unfortunately, I don't have the game yet. It has been released in Europe and is now available there from my, what I understand. It is not in the U.S. yet. I have ordered a copy from my uh, local game store. Once I get the, I will go ahead and send it out to the winner. So let's go ahead and find out who that winner is. I have a six-sided die and I have six entries. I'm going to roll the die and determine who gets it. So here we go. I have five. The winner is... Brian. Brian Sturk. Uh, congratulations, Brian. And today's main game I'm talking about is Feudio. As I said before, it is designed by Heinrich Glumpler. It was originally published in 2003. The art by uh, Franz von Winkel. It's actually a 1-4 to four player game. And it has been republished last year, was it last year? By Mayfair Games. And it is titled Ablaze. The Ablaze version actually has three sets of rules. They could, three different games you could play with the same components. They are Ablaze, or I'm sorry, they're Wildfire, Volcano, and On the Run. Wildfire is the original Feudio game. Volcano, it was available from the publisher, from the designer's website, is Vulcan. And On The Run is also available on the website. I haven't tried that one yet. I've only tried the first two. The game comes in a small box similar to the, to the box size for, say, it's the same box size as Transamerica. What the game has is a bunch of pawns. I think you get about 20 pawns each in four different colors, so a total of like 80 pawns. And you also have a bunch of hex tiles, about 60 each with a number on it from 1 to 6, showing you the intensity of the fire on that space. Let me go ahead and describe the Feudio first, or Wildfire. The way you play that game is, when you play Solitaire, you're going to control all four colors, and the goal is to place all your pieces on the board such that each color makes one contiguous region, and each color connects back to a, a tile with a number one that's on 
the outside of your the board you created somewhere. So when you start the game, what you do is you place a tile. You, you flip over one of the tiles and just place it on the board with a number on it. It could be anything from 1 to 6. Each tile also not only has a number, but has a number of spaces. The 1s and 2s have one space. The 3s and 4s have two spaces. And the 5 and 6 have three spaces. So you start the game, you have the tile on the board, and then what you do each turn is you draw a tile, you place it on the board so that it's adjacent to two tiles. The first time you play it, it's only going to be adjacent to that one tile that's already out. But after that, it's going to be adjacent to at least two tiles, and you place it next to the set of tiles whose total numbers is highest. So let's say you've already got a tile on there that's got a, a 6 and a 3, and they're next to a tile that has a 1. The 6 and 1 is 7, the 6 and 3 is 9, the 3 and 1 is 4. So you need to place your new tile next to the 6 and 3. So that the hex sides touch. When you place a tile, then you can go ahead and, on any tile that is open without pieces on it, you can then go ahead and play a number of pieces onto that tile. <coughs> and each turn you can pick one color only. And I might have something wrong. You might not have to fill up the tile with pieces. You might choose to just play two pieces on a tile, say two red pieces, and then another turn put one green piece on it. So you could have overlapping regions. I have to double check on the rules. But basically each turn you're, you're adding a tile and then adding pieces of one color somewhere on the board and spreading it out. You keep playing this way until you flipped all the tiles over, all, f well, all 36 tiles. By the way, there were, there were only 48 total firefighters, or, or pawns, so it's actually 12 in each color, not 20. But once you flipped over all 36 tiles, if you have used all your pawns, they're all each color forms one contiguous region, and each of these regions is adjacent to a number one, a tile with a number one on it, that is in an outside edge and that is it has at least one open side then you win the game I don't think I, I've won this game yet it's pretty it's pretty simple and straightforward but there's a lot of strategy into it and, and it, as I said even though it is simple to play it, it's it's not necessarily easy to win the neat thing once you're done you can then you, you spend the whole game building up the board when you play Vulcan the object is, is to take the board apart basically and take all the tiles off the board. So you could play one game, build up, and then play the other game, tear it down. In Vulcan, you start with all the tiles out on the table, and the one tile in the middle flipped upside down so it has a zero side up. And that is the center of the volcano. What, you, what you're now doing is you're playing your... How do I say this? Each turn, you're going to pick one color, and then what you're doing is you're you're flying a a plane trying to put out the fires. One of these planes that drop waters. I don't remember what they're called. So the idea is you're going to pick a straight line across the board and on each space play one pawn. All the pawns that you're going to play that each turn are the same color. So you keep doing that each turn, placing pawns. At any point where one of the tiles has all its spaces filled up, and has at least two pieces open facing out in the two sides, not two pieces, and the two sides are adjacent to each other, you take that tile out. 
if taking that tile out causes the uh, other tiles to now not be connected back to the uh, the volcano tile in the center, those tiles also come off the board. And that's basically the whole game. You keep playing until you lose by either running out of pawns and still having... Well, okay, let me step back. You win by having removed all the fire tiles off the board and have only the volcano left. However, if you, at any point a set of tiles becomes disconnected back uh, from the volcano in the center because you removed another tile... If any of those tiles that are disconnected don't have fire or, or water pieces on it, you lose automatically. So again, this is a simple game and I've played this a number of times. And as a matter of fact, tonight was the first time I ever won a game of Vulcan. It's a neat game. It's, it's, it feels sort of puzzle-like as you're playing, as you're trying to figure out your optimal move every time. And it's nice because the box, if, let's say you buy a Blaze now, which is available from Mayfair, you actually get three different games you could play, all using the same components, and all three games are for one or more players. Okay, that's it. It's a, it's a real short description of the game. It's a neat little solitaire game. A lot of fun, and it does, my experience, it does work really well as a multiplayer game. I really enjoyed playing that. But uh, hopefully you do have a chance to try it out. Well, that's the end of today's episode. If you would like to contact me, you can find me as Fractaloon on BoardGameGeek, or you can email me at oneplayeralbert at gmail.com. The intro music is copyright Angus and is protected by a Creative Commons license. The song and copyright information can be found at gemendo.com. The show is published in a Creative Commons, non-commercial, share-alike license. Thanks for listening. State of siege, oh yeah. State of siege. Baby. Let me see, I'm looking up. Tell you what it's called. I'm singing on this. I hope I don't forget to cut this. Oh yeah. Blood red banner. Blood red banner. <laughs>